Our annual Walk for Wishes is back in person this year. Join us on Sunday, October 17th at FDR State Park in Yorktown Heights and help grant the wishes of local children battling with critical illnesses. Registration is free and you can spark joy for local wish kids. We have teamed up with local vendors for a safe, family-friendly, pet-friendly, fun-filled event with wish inspiration every step of the way. Wishes are waiting, so we are walking. For more information and to register for free today, visit hudson.wish.org forward slash walk. All right, welcome to the Wish House podcast. We are here with our much anticipated chat with our volunteer coordinator, Jillian Rodriguez. Um, in addition, she's also one of the members of our production team for our Wish House podcast. She's the one that's helping with scheduling guests and also kind of preparing them before our calls. So she's a really critical part of our Wish House podcast team. Jillian, welcome to the Wish House podcast. How are you? Thanks, Abe. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's interesting to be on this end of uh, is, is the it, episodes. Is it weird hearing Welcome to the Wish House podcast, Jillian, since you've kind of been all behind the scenes since we started uh, talks about the podcast and obviously since we launched back in January of this year. So how does it feel kind of being now an official guest on the Wish House podcast? It's strange. I mean, I've set people up for this and helped get them ready. And now I feel like, oh, like this is me now. Now I'm on it. So it's exciting. I'm honored. You know, this is a great project. It's something that I know myself, you and Sydney, we're all really proud of, you know, as part of that production team. So it's, it's my part. And uh, I'm excited to get asked a few questions. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of questions, let's get into it. So, you know, for our listeners that may not have had the opportunity to have a conversation with you, whether it be through email or phone call over, you know, the years that you've been with the chapter, share with our listeners, how long you've been with the chapter and what did you do before joining our Wish House staff? Man, it feels like a different lifetime. So I started with Make-A-Wish about two and a half years ago, which feels like a snap of the finger, literally like. It's a, it's a Thanos snap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel <laughs> like it's um the Avengers. It just happened so quick. And I mean, the past two and a half years really have been incredible. I know it's so cliche. People say, oh, I love my job. Oh, I love what I do. And, um, you know, it sounds like you're you're making it up, but it really is true. Every single day, there's something incredible, you know, whether it's just, you know, working on a wish or helping um, wish granters and volunteers with whatever they're working on. It's exciting. Like there's always something new every single day. And even if the day seems like it's going to start calm and you're like, oh, you know, we're going to kind of float through. Um, the day has other plans. So I love what I do. I love working with volunteers and um, even getting to work with wish families, you know, when I work on wishes myself. So it's exciting. Before all that, it feels like a whole other lifetime ago. Um, I was a teacher. So I taught for about four years. Um, I worked at this really great small Catholic school in New Jersey. You become like family there. And um, it, I loved it. I loved teaching. I loved working with the kids. But there was something that felt like it was missing. You know, I had a mentor that told me, you know, you're planting seeds. 
you plant seeds and, you know, sometimes you'll never see those seeds grow um, into the flowers. So all you can do is just every day water those seeds, you know, working with your students. And I love that. But at the same time, I thought, <clears throat> I want to see those seeds grow. You know, I want to see the flowers. I want to see things happen. And I want to be, you know, I want to work more involved with my students or I want to work more with kids ever since I was little. Um, from kindergarten, I knew that I wanted to work with kids um, being a teacher. So I thought, you know, I love that having like a little classroom in the living room. I put all my dolls. So you so you sound like you it's something that a lot of kids growing up used to do or, or and still do, which mm-hmm. is kind of setting up a mini classroom in your bedroom, right? Absolutely. I had like worksheets that I'd use. It was my homework and I'd pretend I was reading the book um, to my dolls And then that dream came true and I became a teacher, but it just felt like something was missing. Like just that, I don't know, that, that deeper connection of really feeling more satisfied at the end of the day, where I wasn't just saying goodbye to kids at the end of the year and hoping that whatever I worked on with them would, would last with them. Right. So then, um, you know, I knew that something was calling me outside of teaching. And I knew that I still wanted to work with kids. I knew that I wanted to get into the nonprofit world um, and just be as helpful as I could be. I knew that I was blessed beyond measure in my own life. And I wanted to help other people. Like I just had that call. Um, So that's when I started looking and you know, thankfully, like my path brought me to Make-A-Wish. And I still remember that first day that I came in for my first interview and, you know, you and I were in the wishing room and we were talking and I was like, wow, this is a cool guy. Like I could see myself working here and the wish house, of course, anybody that's been to the wish house, you know, that as soon as you walk in, you just feel something, you know, you feel that pull, that goodness. Um, and it's something that really pushes you to want to do more. So as soon as I had that and I was like, all right, this is, this is home. Like, this is where I want to be. And here I am two and a half. Here you are two and a half years later. I mean, obviously when we sat down and had that conversation in the wishing room at the wish house, we could never have imagined what we were going to face in the next year and a half after that. Right. Cause you started back in March of 2019 Mm -hmm. Um, so March of 2020, which is right when this pandemic started, uh, we had just celebrated your one year anniversary. I remember you and I had a conversation at a Panera, um, yeah. you know, as we were kind of going over your first year and uh, and we were having coffee and we just kind of just having an opportunity to kind of reflect on the past year and kind of what were the challenges, the successes and well, how can we build off of things for you for the for the next year? Little did we know that we were about to face uh, an unprecedented year, a historic (laughs) year in our chapter history, and you were at the helm of some pretty important moves that we had to make as a chapter. So, you know, again, not that we have to reiterate it, but it, you know, just for those that may be listening to this podcast years from now, that hopefully the pandemic is many years away from us. We hope. Um, But, you know, 2020 was a crazy time, and in March of 2020, we made the decision, not only as a chapter, but as an organization to kind of shut down everything for a little bit to figure out what is our next steps. Because obviously, we had this, this, you know, very contagious, you know, virus, you know, you know, wreaking havoc in our area, and all around the country and the world. Um, And so we had to stop all the in person visits 
that wish grinders were having with wish kids. Um, as a result of that, you were the one communicating these things to our volunteers. Then in addition to that, we had a com- we ended up making the decision as an organization and more specifically as a chapter to change completely in the way that we operate. You know, once we decided, okay, we're going to move forward with granting wishes again, you know, after a couple of weeks of just kind of reflecting and kind of strategizing what's the best you know, way to deal with this, you know, you also then had to communicate what our new plan was going to be to our volunteers, which in many, for, for all of our volunteers was a complete 180 in how we operate. Um, we went from in-person visits to then virtual visits, uh, all of our external events, which is, you know, about half of our other opportunities that we <laughs> offer to volunteers was completely shut down because we weren't having any external events anymore. It was really the only uh, work that we were doing with volunteers during this period of time. And honestly, until mo- until recently, because for the past year and change, we've only really been working on wishes. We haven't had many events that w- we needed volunteers to cover. But that's where the focus was, retraining volunteers on the fly, in the moment, in real time, to prepare them for virtual visits. So a lot of volunteers that may have had uh, challenges with technology before the pandemic are now our experts, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you have some oh, really yeah. fun stories that that I'm sure you can share of volunteers that in the past were not necessarily tech savvy. And then now they're the mentors and the leaders in our volunteer teams that are kind of sharing that information with some of the other volunteers, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I really have to say our volunteers did that pivot um, they really, you know, pivot, 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 pivot is pivot, the word. Pivot. I mean, yeah, we think of friends every time we hear pivot, which you're a huge fan of that TV show. Um, yeah, but I think of Ross fans. for sure with the sofa and Chandler um, and, and uh, Rachel, there was the yeah, three Rachel of them on the staircase, right? Yeah. That's kind of how uh, the, <laughs> this whole program felt, uh, felt like we were that white couch and we were just trying to get it up that staircase. Yes. So we're like, how do we pivot? Like, let's just make it happen. Let's get it done. Um, But we really, you know, we made it happen. And our volunteers are really a testament of the power of a wish and endurance and that strength and hope that like we hope our kids are going to feel, you know, during their wish journeys, you know, our volunteers have not stopped. So whether it was um, even, you know, for our event volunteers that aren't trained wish granters, you know, those volunteers shared about the Believe campaign. Um, They emailed their friends. They posted on social media. You know, they put the call out to support that program. But um, especially with the, you know, our wish granters, I had, you know, so many phone calls, so many wish granters that called and they said, what the heck is going on? Um, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can that's correct. I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing you know, how do I navigate it? And, you know, I don't mind taking the time to answer those questions and make sure that our wish granters are ready because as confident as they will be, it only has a positive impact on our wish kids and our wish families. I have a question for you. So did you find that your past experience as a teacher, you know, help you with kind of guiding people and teaching them a new way of operating? Did did, did that kind of foundation give you the skill set needed to navigate through these crazy waters that we were going through? Oh, absolutely. I mean, something that I found is always kind of like a strength of mine um, is that I 
I feel like I can break things down and processes down into smaller chunks. You know, I was teaching elementary school. So especially for, you know, our little kiddos, we always have to break it down as simple as can be because they want to know why things work that way. And, um, what do we do? Why does that happen? So I think breaking it down fundamentally where it's more digestible and things don't seem so crazy. You know, when we say like we're shutting down in-person visits, we're only allowing virtual visits. I think that that's scary at first. And even I was, you know, nervous. I'm thinking, okay, I've only ever worked with families in person. You know, how is this going to happen? Because we're on a path that no one has been through, you know, in our lifetimes. You know, we never anticipated this to happen. So as I was learning, I was sharing that advice. And then as my volunteers were learning, they'd share their advice. You know, we've had wish granters that, you know, they started off saying, I've never used any kind of video calls. I've never used FaceTime, WhatsApp. Um, Google platforms, FaceTime, um, Zoom, Skype, all of these different programs and platforms that allow people to connect just like you and I are right now. And it was, you know, my grandkids are going to help me, you know, my son or daughter is going to help me, or I've started, you know, Zooming with grandkids across the world. um, And that's helped me. So I've got this. So where it started off as I'm not too sure. It became, I've got this, no problem. You know, give me another wish. You know, even in the ways that wish granters connect with the the wish kids is incredible because it's it's challenging. You know, I'm not going to say it's easy to do the virtual, you know, because it has its challenges, but you overcome them. Um, And the ultimate goal is to make it still an incredible experience. Um, But we have one volunteer who made hand puppets for her wish kids, you know, her kids were a little bit younger, you know, she sent them the icebreakers. I always call them like the suck up gifts because I'm really <laughs> um, suck up to the kids to get them to warm up. And especially right. it's like even more important that it's like, all right, you know, maybe this lady's not too weird. Um, she sent me this really cool gift. And even for my siblings, um, so she, this volunteer had made hand puppets with the kids' favorite characters so that the hand puppets were talking with them. And I just thought, you know, genius, you know, right. you're, you're bringing things down to their level. You know? and, and I think that's something important to point out, especially for those that are listening that may not have a lot of experience with wish granters or have either haven't worked with them directly or, or maybe haven't really heard about what that actual work is. But wish grinders are the volunteers that are trained to go into the homes typically and meet with wish kids uh, and get to the heart of what their wish is. Um, So obviously with the new, with this additional barrier between wish grinders and wish kids because of the pandemic, having to do things virtually, you know, having hand puppets, having some sort of, you know, cues that you can kind of work off of on video is extremely important. And I think that's a testament to the creativity of our wish granting volunteers uh, who have always had it from the beginning, even with in-person visits, they had to be creative, especially when you have a dog jumping on you or you have, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, animals barking all around you, or you have other things happening around you, siblings, cousins, extended family members dropping in, in the middle of a visit and kind of disrupting 
the flow that you got going on when visiting with kids, which happens all the time. Um, and mm-hmm. it also happens even in the hospital. When we are meeting with kids at the hospital, you have nurses that have to come in and check the lines or have to check on stuff or, yeah. you know, doctors come in and have, and, you know, for their morning rounds. Um, so these are things that happen in all the time, you know, during wish visits. So it's no different. The thing is, it's just an additional barrier, additional challenge that you have to kind of work through to, again, get to the heart of a child's wish which mm-hmm. in itself can be challenging, especially for a younger kid. The concept of a wish is sometimes difficult to comprehend. Uh, and then on top of that, you throw a pandemic and also now being virtual, you're just stacking on challenge on top of challenge. Um, but like anything else, you know, we have found ways to kind of work through it. We never stopped granting wishes, which I want to again never reiterate. Stopped. You know, we had a small break in the first couple of weeks after the shutdown here in New York State and on March 13th, I believe it was the date. Mm-hmm. And then we took a couple of weeks to just kind of figure out a plan. And then we just kind of went back right into it, it's training volunteers, getting them back out virtually to be, to meet with these wish kids. And then we continue to work on wishes that we could grant during this time, which did not involve travel or large group gatherings or, you know, anything like that. So then we were able to do a lot of other stuff like electronics and puppies. I mean, we granted so many puppy wishes this past oh, fiscal yeah. year. I mean, uh, and also to kind of give some context, we talk about fiscal year and calendar year. So for us here at Make-A-Wish, our fiscal year begins September 1st. So we're, we're uh, recording this call on September 10th. So we're not 10 days into our new fiscal year for us. Um, and then it ends on August 31st. Um, so for, we just granted 76 wishes this past fiscal year, which we're extremely proud of, which is uh, more than we granted the previous year, which got halted because of the pandemic. So the previous year we granted 55, if I remember correctly. And yes. now this year we're at 76. And typically we average about 110, 112 wishes a year. Is that about right, Julian? Correct. You know, our goal is, is just to continue to grant as many wishes as possible for kids that need them right now. I mean, what we found in the, during the pandemic was that that need for closeness. And that's why a lot of these electronic wishes were needed uh, because kids were connecting with their friends and family, oh, you know, so online, right? Many. You know, for anybody that's listening, part of my role is um, accepting wish paperwork. So once our wish granters meet with the wish kids and the wish families virtually, um, there's a set of paperwork that has to be completed and, you know, forms get signed by the families. And then I am kind of the liaison between the wish team, which composed of the wish granters, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the wish coordinators who then start planning the wish and they do all the logistics side. And there were so many wishes, like you said, for puppies, electronics, um, room redecorations, um, things that made home more special and things that really made the safe place for our wish kids, which on top of the pandemic, like you said, they had, you know, critical illnesses and they're dealing with, you know, wanting to be additionally safe because of what their health has, you know, put on them. Um, so they want to make their home kind of that getaway. So whether it's like a really cool gaming setup um, or having their room be camping themed or, you know, whatever it might be, they want to bring what they can't have inside and they just want to make it more exciting. If I'm going to be stuck at home, what can I do to make home more exciting? 
Yeah. And, and on the flip side to that, then we had kids that were kind of thinking outside the box and were saying, hey, I'm kind of tired of being in the house. So mm-hmm. I want to get out more. So we had kids that had golf cart wishes. And then we had some kids that had camper wishes. Um, so then that also was another one that kind of came up during this pandemic a lot more than what we normally would see in our territory. I mean, in other chapters, RVs are kind of like the thing that they do. Um, but for here in New York, in New York State, um, RVs are not necessarily as common as it is in other parts of the country. So that was kind of a, a learning curve. And I think that's part of what we've been able to do as a staff is kind of adapt to these new requests, adapt to the challenges that have come up over the past you know, year and a half. But I think it's also something we've always done. We've always adapted. We've always mm-hmm. evolved based on the kids' interest. I mean, there were times when for Wish Kids, you know, Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus were like the thing to be. And now it's like, you know, other things and uh, BTS or, um, which I remember having a child, you know, that I was meeting with, talked to me about her favorite, you know, we're going through the paperwork. And one of the questions on the favorites section is who is your favorite, you know, singer or group? And I remember they, she said BTS. And at the time I had zero idea who <laughs> BTS was. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Korean pop group. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. it's like mad popular now. They even have like, mm-hmm. they, they had for a period of time, I think the, the Big Mac special at McDonald's was like a oh, BTS wow. special, which had like special sauces or whatever. But um, But anyways, I mean, switching gears, you know, so we talked about what it was like to kind of navigate through the pandemic and the challenges that it was kind of training volunteers on the fly and just kind of seeing how resilient they were and how they took the helm and said, you know what, we're going to get this done. We're going to meet with Wish Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, now looking towards fiscal year 2022, what are the plans for the chapter with regards to volunteering? How are people that are listening to this podcast and are now being inspired to want to give back? How can they do it? What are the steps for them to become a volunteer? And what does volunteering look like now during this period of time? Well, I definitely encourage anybody who's interested in volunteering to either shoot me an email or give me a call and we can talk Um, because I can talk about the program for a long time. And as Abe knows, I'm pretty long winded. (laughs) I think we both are. Yeah. (laughs) I remember when, um, I first started, you know, I'd ask a lot of questions and you'd always have the answers and you'd say, well, um, what was the phrase that you'd use? Well, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. And, uh, I always thought that would be a good sign over our door in our office. Um, which nutshells for us is usually like hour long conversations about, you know, the same from thing. One question. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we're like, oh, and then we get into life and all that. Um, But back to the program. So, yeah, I can talk about it for a long time. Um, I'm really passionate about it, as I hope you guys can hear through my voice. Um, So just get involved. Find out, you know, one of the best parts. And I think what surprises a lot of people when they do inquire about our department and our volunteer program, excuse me, is that um, it's flexible. So you can have your life, you can have a full-time job, you can have, you know, kids and their activities and your activities, and that's fine. Um, you don't have to give up and regiment a time schedule every week for us. So when opportunities arise, um, you know, you can sign up to be a part of them. So, so, so let's talk about them. So, you know, you're sure. talking about that the, the program is flexible based on a person's availability, right? But mm-hmm. we also do have program, we do have opportunities that are more scheduled and are a little bit more regimented. Um, so let's start with those because there's not many okay. of those. And then we'll kind of go into some of the ones that are a little bit more flexible with a person's schedule. So let's start first with office volunteers. 
Oh my gosh, our office volunteers. Well, we love our office volunteers. And, you know, once the pandemic hit, we really haven't been able to see our office volunteers. And on the surface, you might think, you know, it's just answering the phone um, or being, you know, if someone comes to the wish house, just kind of directing them where to go. But that's critical. I mean, that's really important because when we don't have to worry about, you know, answering the phone, directing that call, or it could be mailing items. It could be even organizing stacks of paperwork. I mean, I, you know, you get a lot of projects throughout the day and sometimes these little tasks that are so simple um, on the surface are just too much. You know, you just can't do it. So our office volunteers, they help out. They make sure that things run smoothly um, every single day. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, just to interject, I mean, the office volunteers are really the, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the lifeblood of the office, because as a staff, you know, we're tasked with a variety of different responsibilities. And like you said, there are times where those responsibilities are paramount. You know, it's, it's these are mission critical things that we need to focus on to ensure that every child, every eligible child in our territory receives a wish. But in addition to that, we have things, you know, filing. Uh, we have various ad hoc projects that come up, sometimes recurring on a monthly basis or weekly basis, and others are just kind of one-offs that do come up all the time that, you know, we're not able to sometimes give 100% of our you know, time to, because they're not as critical as, you know, granting the wish. Um, mm-hmm. So when you look at it, having volunteers in the office, they're the ones really making it happen for us. And, you know, we do, and they do come in on a schedule, which they use schedule, right? Mm-hmm. You go through that with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I work with the volunteers. I mean, right now with COVID, it's a little bit different. We're not really hundred percent open for capacity at the office. Um, but I always say in a non-COVID world, you know, I have a set schedule for those volunteers, you know, based on what they have going on. I mean, and, you know, they still have their schedules. They still have their activities, you know, their plans that, um, you know, that they do on a weekly basis and they squeeze us in, you know, and they make us a priority for them. So let's shout them out because we don't have many okay. office volunteers. So we got, we have Barbara who comes in and helps out directly now with uh, our Sydney Wolf, who's our the mm-hmm. other member of our production team for the podcast. We also have Monica, who comes in and helps out in every department in a variety of different ways. Like a renaissance oh, woman. Oh, yeah. She, does everything. she just painted the countertops at our wish house. She painted our yeah. wish, our wishing well right in front of the wish house as well. So when we do have visitors come back to the wish house, we encourage you to check out that wishing well. Check out our new countertop at um yes. in our in our conference room because that was painted by Monica. You know, and it's beautiful. Uh, it it, and nice. again, it's the little things that we can't get done um, during the day, but make a huge impact on everything. And then we have Rita, who's been so sweet and so welcoming since I started. And I go, Rita, can you please help me with this? Can you alphabetize the stack of papers? Um, and Rita was always ready. Um, yeah so warm and friendly to everybody, just like Monica, just like Barbara, you know, and they just feel so, so comfortable, like family, you know, we wish house, you know, and I don't think it's an accident that we all feel like a family in the wish house, you know, so, and our volunteers, you don't have to get yourself worked up there, Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) What a, um, 
but yeah, they're like family for us. So the three of them have been really consistent since I've started working in the office. And and I have to give a shout out also to Julie Byrne, who's helped me out a lot um, when I was in your role in, you know, prior to you joining the staff. And, and in addition to that, Karen, who used to come in and help me out with a lot of database and like analytic kind of um, gathering. And then also one of the ones that I hold dear to my heart, because she was so critical when I first started is Anna, who was one of the most awesome office volunteers we had. She used to do all the filing for me. She had a set schedule, would come in and help me out. And she really enjoyed Outcast um, and their song, Hey Ya. Um, so I used to make sure that I had it playing every time she was in the office so that she could kind of sing along to that song, which was, you know, hysterical because, you know, yeah, it was it was not a song that I would think that she would know, but she used to love it. And so it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, so, yeah. can we just also talk about like how exciting it can be in the office? You know, it's an office, but, you know, I know we have drop ins come in. People just drop in sometimes, sometimes with snacks, which oh, is. Yes, it's true. Um, we love snacks, and- especially around the holidays. We would always have volunteers like Barbara mm-hmm. is known for her banana nut bread, which I really, really look forward to every mm-hmm. um, holiday season. Um, then she would always be again. The generosity, the kindness, uh, and the thoughtfulness that never are ending. never it's ending. Never ending. Never ending with our volunteers. Even if it's just a check-in email, you know, hey Jillian, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you? Yes. I mean, tons of people they check in, you know, because I replaced you kind of as that everyday face for the volunteers that you used to be. How's Abe? How's he doing? How are his kids? You know, it's just such a nice friendship and relationship that we have with our volunteer base. Yeah. I'm extremely proud of, of our volunteers. I mean, we would Mm -hmm. not be able to do the work we do without them. I mean, not just in the office, Mm -hmm. but wish granting as well. What would be another opportunity Mm -hmm. that people in the community could give back? Well, our event and fundraising volunteers, you know, our general volunteers are the extension of us. You know, every single volunteer is an extension of us where the 12 of us can't be all over the eight counties um, at every time. You know, we cover eight counties. It's a good, what, four, four and a half hours from our most southern part of our territory in Westchester up to, you know, Delaware County. So correct. we critically rely on our volunteers. And, um, you know, so there's different events, you know, again, pre-COVID in a non-COVID world, you know, lacrosse games at high schools, uh, the belief Informa- information tables, information tables, volunteer fairs, um, street fairs, things like that, that are all over. And special kind of shout out to those that are listening to this podcast. If you are an organizer or you know of someone that organizes these types of uh, events throughout mm-hmm. the eight counties that we serve, please reach out to Jillian, let her know so that we can have a Make-A-Wish representative there. That's what our volunteers do. They're in the community. They're they're a lot of times participating already on a lot of these things. They didn't even think of, hey, maybe mm-hmm. we should have Make-A-Wish, you know, have a table here. But that's something we would love to be able to do. We want to have we a presence that. in the local community. So that's a great way that even if you're not a fully fledged volunteer, you can still reach out to Jillian and we'll make sure to include her email in the show notes so that you can email her and, and, and give her information, let her know that this is an opportunity that we can have volunteers for. Yeah, please do. Because that's the way that, you know, we can get more passionate volunteers involved with us. So let's talk a little bit about what wish granting is for those that are listening and may not know a lot about it. Um, what is a wish granter? How do you become a wish granter? And uh, what is the type of work that wish granters do? 
Yeah, let's get right down to it. I mean, we keep talking about wish granter. Um, sure. When I first started, I was like, okay, there's um, wish this, wish that, like lots of wish titles. And I remember saying to myself, like, I'm going to have to study this, you know, <laughs> sure I know what I'm doing, um, but it's very easy to kind of get a grasp of it. So our wish granters are um, specially trained volunteers. So they're volunteers that undergo another training process um, with us to specially get them ready to work on wishes. So time out. So for our listeners, just to put it in perspective, when you're interested in becoming a volunteer, you go through a volunteer orientation, which we will be talking mm-hmm. about soon in, on this converse, in this conversation. Um, but you go through a volunteer orientation, you become a fully fledged volunteer, you then you know, are able to go and participate in a variety of different opportunities throughout the year. In addition to that, if you wanted to become a wish granting volunteer, you then have to go through another training on top mm-hmm. of it, which typically is a, is a, it's a full day training. We go through all the ins and outs, right. Of what wish granting is. Absolutely. We focus on kind of like as much of the wish process as we can from role-playing to kind of what you would be doing um, and getting you ready, kind of breaking down those nerves. Um, so you're not nervous to sit in front of a family, whether it be in person or on a screen, um, kind of learning what kind of questions to ask, how to approach a family, kind of knowing when to back off a little bit when you know that you're not going to um, maybe get a wish that day or the family's going through a lot. Maybe they just got bad news, you know, just kind of reading those cues and knowing, you know what? you guys have a great day. You know, I can see, um, you know, maybe we should plan another visit, but thank you so much. You know, it's things like that. Um, you know, and then we talk about a major chunk of wishes, which are the enhancements, which gives, you know, the kids that excitement and those presents I said about, you know, the icebreakers, I call them my suck up gifts, um, to kind of really butter up the kids so that they'll want to talk to this random lady that's coming, um, either to their house or um, on a video call and they've had video calls all day. So now they have another one, um, you know, and kind of making that last and really being expansive with what you give instead of expensive, you know, because our wish granter teams have one set budget, um, you know, to provide these gifts, whether it be like a back to school gift, like this as we're talking on September 10th, you know, our kids are all going back to school. So this is a great time, you know, to wish them a happy back to school, like a happy new school year, um, whether it's sending a backpack or a greeting card or pencils with their name on it. Um, you know, we kind of show you how to stretch that budget out so that from the first meeting to, you know, delivering the wish and revealing the wish, you know, you're able to make that whole thing special, um, within that budget. So I had a wish kid that loved, um, museums and he loved looking at art, you know, and he, he clarified for me, he didn't like making art. He liked looking at art, um, and paintings and statues. So something cool that we offered were, um, virtual virtual, tours, right. Of the museums, you know, of museums, of cities, um, historic sites, live feeds of animals. You know, I remember clicking on to look at bears. I love <laughs> something about them. That's so cute. Um, so I saw them like in Alaska in the water, picking salmon out with their mouth and it was adorable. Um, so I know that if I like that, you know, hopefully our kids would like that too, you know, just something different that they're looking at. And also listening to what their interests are, you know, it's not exactly. just a random generic, 
um, kind of icebreaker gift that they're receiving. This is something personalized, very custom to them, right? Uh, Oh, and I think for me, that's my favorite part. And I love to find out what does the wish child like? What are, you know, their interests so that I can, you know, get them something special. And throughout the journey, um, we call it the wish journey because we don't want it to be just a flash in the pan. We want this to be something that the whole process is exciting. We're making a life-changing impact on these children's lives and their family. We want this to be transformational for everyone involved, not just the child, because it's not just the child that goes through um, the illness. You know, the whole family feels it as well. Um, So I love, love, love looking up things to get. Um, So if you tell me that, you know, the the wish child loves, like I have a a child that I'm working with right now and I feel like she's a mini me, you know, she likes. (laughs) stuff that I do. So I love kind of like cross pollinating interests. So she likes Grey's Anatomy, which I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan and she loves to bake and I love to bake. So I found, you know, wooden spoons for baking um, that are more decorative than anything, but they have Grey's Anatomy characters on them. Different like things that a true fan would know. So that was fun to give, you know, and that's, again, goes back to what the training is all about with wish granters is, you know, making sure that they're being creative, you know, that they're listening to what the child is sharing with them, not just what the wish is, which is important. And that's why they're there in the first place, but it's really getting to know the child, building a quick interpersonal relationship with them and the family um, to try to figure out what they enjoy. We talked about already office volunteers. We talked Mm -hmm. about general event and community outreach type of volunteers. We talked about wish granny volunteers. Are there any other types of opportunities that people in the community who are interested in giving back in some way to our chapter, what are some other ways that they can do it? You know, there's a lot of ways. Um, You know, sometimes people want to be a part of this, but they don't have all the time to give to Make-A-Wish. You know, they don't, they just are stretched thin already, but they want to be a part of it. So you know, upcoming within a month, um, October 17th, we have the Walk for Wishes. So that's a great way that you can support Make-A-Wish without being a volunteer, but maybe you could be a fundraiser and have a team and or just come and walk and support. Um, and the cool thing about something. that, it's, it's a free event. You, know, you don't even have to pay to register. I mean, we will love a donation if you can give one or have mm-hmm. people around you that can give in your in your name. Um, but that's a free event. You can register for free right now at hudson.wish.org forward slash walk. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, but absolutely, that's one easy way that's coming up very soon for people mm-hmm. to support us. And we can't grant wishes without funds. Um, so we need these funds in order to make it happen. Um, so we really encourage you to come out to FDR State Park. It's going to be a really great day. Weather is always awesome. Um, so, nice. yeah, that's that's it's actually a, a really easy way to do it. That's an easy way, you know, starting, um, I want to say end of November, there's the Macy's Believe campaign. You know, that's another way that you can host a letter writing party. So the Believe campaign is um, a campaign that Macy's hosts um, where you can um, write a letter, the holidays, and submit it into the Believe mailbox. Um, And then through that, you know, Macy's makes a donation for every letter. So, you know, we have volunteers that go and they pick up the letters and they count the letters for us. But then there's community 
supporters that aren't necessarily trained volunteers, but they host letter writing parties and um, they drop off a ton of letters to, you know, the nearest Macy's store. Um, And that's another great way to get involved. But every little bit or any question you have, if you have a talent or you have um, some kind of professional skill, let me know, because that's something that we can use, whether it's if you're an interior designer, you know, we have room redecoration, so we could use your help with that or, you know, whatever skill you might have. And selfishly, graphic design, video editing, graphic you know, design, podcast video editing. Edit. If you have a background in that, please reach out to Jillian, because when we have skill-based volunteers helping us at the office, it just makes things go so much smoother. Mm-hmm. So we strongly encourage you that if you're listening to this podcast and you do this for, you, you do have a certain talent for work. Um, and you want to give back in a meaningful way to your local community, this is a way you can do it. Reach out to Jillian and we can have you as a skill-based volunteer to help us on a variety of different projects throughout the year. Um, So yeah, definitely get started. So we have, just to recap it, we have wish granters, office volunteers, event and community outreach volunteers. We have skill-based volunteers. We also have interns that in the past have helped out at the office as well. We don't have an internship program right now because of everything going on. But, you know, that is typically another area that we would normally kind of have as an opportunity. All right, Jillian. So thank you so much for sharing about all the different ways members of our community can get involved. Is there anything else that they can offer as part of their skill set or things that they can do to help our chapter during this period of time? And in the future, is there anything else that they can do? Yeah, Abe. So we are always looking for volunteers that are bilingual um, and fluent in another language. Because one thing that we want to make sure, um, and part of our mission is that we can grant a wish for every eligible child in our territory. Um, So regardless of any other factor, um, we want to be able to communicate with that child in their language. So Spanish-speaking volunteers Um, French and Creole, Italian, Hebrew, Yiddish, whatever language skill that you may have, um, even if I didn't mention it, please reach out because whenever the need comes, we want to make sure that I can call, you know, call you right away and say, we have a wish child that speaks X language. Um, Are you available to hop on this wish? So if you can speak another language and you are fluent, um, you know, you can read, read the language, write the language, understand the language, speak it, um, all of that, you are definitely in demand. You know, we could definitely use your skills. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, even if it's not for a wish and it's for an event, you know, we need you definitely. So contact me today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jillian, because, you know, bilingual volunteers are so critical to our success as a chapter. We want to make sure that our, our volunteer base is reflective upon our community. So mm-hmm. we need to have all those additional languages in the mix to help us, you know, ease families that are English is not their first language to ease them into the wish process. So having someone that Absolutely. does speak their native tongue is extremely important. Again, just shouting out again, Spanish, Creole are extremely important. And one of the big ones also uh, is Yiddish. If you speak Yiddish or know someone that does speak Yiddish, and is able to uh, volunteer their time. I mean, we haven't talked about it much, but, you know, wish granting, you know, is not a huge time commitment. In total, I mean, the average amount of hours you're putting into each wish, you know, generally is between four to six hours total. And that's all spread mm-hmm. out over months of uh, period of time. So it's just something that, 
you know, most people don't know about. So that's what it's great having this podcast to be able to share that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, not only do we want to be reflective of our communities, you know, in terms of language, but also location. Um, So if you are listening in and you are in any of our eight counties, let's name them. Let's go. Let's go right down the map from the north, south. So we got Delaware, Dutchess, Putnam, Ulster, Rockland, Orange, Sullivan, Westchester County. If you live within any of those counties, let me know. At some point, you know, virtual visits may not be the standard way of volunteering where I don't even think we touched upon this yet is that virtual wish granting. You can live in Westchester and work on a wish that's up in Sullivan County, you Mm -hmm. know, having to drive there anymore. The only thing you have to do, excuse me, is hop on a video call, you know? So right now, Abe, you're in Dutchess County, I'm in Rockland, and we're here meeting just like this, um, as if we were in the same room together. Right. Once things, you know, calm down and we're able to safely meet with our wish kids, you know, we want to make sure that we have volunteers that are local to all of our wish kids to make it as easy and quick of a process as it can be to get these kids assigned to a wish team. So, um, don't feel that because our office is in Westchester and you live in Ulster County that we don't need you because we do. We need everyone. Um, it's it's a team effort. So yeah, and, and and we have to say the silver lining in all of this pandemic stuff is the fact that there are no longer any boundaries between wish granters um, that are trained to meet with kids and the ability to meet with kids all throughout our territory. So special shout out to all of those wish granters that are doing that. Uh, And we even have volunteers that one of them that was on our, one of our early episodes of the podcast and Brian, who he lives in Queens and Mm -hmm. he's, he visits kids virtually, you know, all, all throughout our territory. So it is possible. You can do it. It's just a matter of getting started. So complete your volunteer paperwork, email Jillian, Um, And then get signed up for one of the orientations coming up in 2022. So we're looking forward to doing that. All right. So now let's transition over to another part of our podcast. It's called the Shooting Star segment, which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. Awesome. And now for those that are listening, what so if they want to get involved right now, what does actually volunteering look like? Do we have orientations, trainings coming up that they can participate in? We do. So we have some upcoming orientations. So like Abe touched upon earlier, um, I got so excited. I missed that part um, <laughs> for one, but we always start with new volunteer orientation. So it's that first stepping stone. Um, we work on your applications, we get everything in um, and we have the new volunteer orientation. I it's to me, honestly, it's one of my favorite trainings to do because it just highlighting all of Make-A-Wish and all of our chapter and what we do and every kind of touching upon every little um, area and department um, and going through it. So our next new volunteer orientation is going to be on January 12th, 2022. I can't believe we're in 2022 thinking about that already. Um, Everything is going to be virtual. So it's going to be a video call, but I promise I still have corny jokes and I still try to make it exciting. So it's a great way for people to get involved. New Year's resolution. You want to get this whole pandemic behind us and kind of get, you know, start fresh. January of 2022, uh, we're going to have our first virtual, you know, volunteer orientation for the year. Um, So we encourage you to reach out to Jillian now, get your paperwork squared away before then. Mm -hmm. So then you can just attend this virtually uh, and become a volunteer in 2022. It's a good way to kind of, you know, 
get involved. Perfect way to start the year. Yeah. You know, it's a perfect way. You know, everybody has New Year's resolutions and um, I think will be a resolution that will stick with you because we welcome you in and there's ways for you to be involved. So, and, and another big need that we're going to be having, you know, during this time is when, you know, wish granters. So obviously, you know, one of the things that we've talked about as a chapter is looking at how can we train new wish granters in this new way that we are living in now. So, you know, we're going to have that orientation in January. Um, we are going to have a wish granter training, uh, you know, soon after that too. Right. Mm-hmm. So we will have one in February. So middle of February. So we, you can't become a wish granter and go through wish granter training without going through the new volunteer orientation. So, you know, it's just get involved, get started. I mean, once you take that first step, you you're in. I'm happy that we are able now to share with the public that we are going to have virtual volunteer orientations coming up in 2022 Mm -hmm. in January. So put those on the calendar. If you're listening to this podcast, reach out to Jillian, get your paperwork squared away so that you can kind of seamlessly start your training with the orientation. And then the following month, you potentially can go through wish grinder training and then start Mm -hmm. working on wishes potentially by March. Um, yeah, so that's, so that's fantastic. Jillian, thank you so much for, for sharing all the different ways members of our community can get involved, um, things that are coming up for fiscal year 2022. You know, we're going to quickly switch over to our shooting star segment for those that are listening. Mm. It's a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind, I'll keep this one kind of short. Um, so out of all the memories that you've made over the past, you know, couple of years, um, what would you say? is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? Wow. Okay. So a few things come to mind, you know, obviously like I love the celebrations we've had and, you know, how, you know, parties at the, the hospital, um, Maria Ferrari children's hospital. That was like within my first month, we had a party there. Um, and I just remember feeling like super overwhelmed, but excited and, um, you know, what a beautiful hospital that is. And everybody that works there was, you know, just so focused on the kids and we had a fun time. Um, but I remember, um, one of, there was a, a table that we had at the, the renegade stadium. And I remember helping out, you know, we had a wish family that was going to be there and, um, and being on the field and kind of helping them. And then as soon as it was going to start, the skies just opened and it, poured like it just rained the skies opened up um and then torrential downpour came down torrential flooding parts of the the walkway and everything i had the the camera the make-a-wish camera and i was like trying to shield it as much as i could uh so it didn't get wet and then in a snap it was gone and we went back on the field and i just remember there were some fun times with that. And special shout out to the Hudson Valley Renegades because they have supported us at the walk by sending uh, their mascot Rascal. Um, and we're, we look forward to continuing that partnership in 2022. So that's a slight tease for the summer of 2022 for their new season. Um, we will be doing something with them. So we're really excited um, to start looking into that. Um, and, you know, now they're the, uh, affiliate of the New York Yankees, which is pretty cool. So if there you're an you Yankees go. fan, you know, you can come locally and support 
the minor league team, the Hudson Valley Renegades, and also support Make-A-Wish. And so we're going to be sharing some of that information as we get closer to to that event. So that's a great memory. Um, the torrential downpour that fell uh, during a information table at the Renegades game. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say would be your own wish? So to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories. They are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. Out of those five categories, Jillian, what would be your your wish? Man. All right. So my wish has changed a couple of times since I started. So um, at first I wanted to like meet the cast of Grey's Anatomy, um, but that changed because all like the original characters, they're kind of gone. Um, there's a couple, but and then Ed Sheeran, I'm a huge Ed Sheeran fan. So I would love to get to meet him and just kind of hang out with him one day. So it would probably either be that or my, you know, my guilty pleasure is I love TV. So I love reality TV. I'm a huge housewives fan, all the real housewives. I've pretty much seen them all. That was what I did in the pandemic. <laughs> I caught up no skills or hobbies. You know, I did the, I got the puppy. I did the whipped coffee. I did the geometric wall. Um, but then I binge watched a lot of TV, but it would be between, um, the housewives or I would love to be able to meet the Kardashians. Um, this is their final season, I believe, right? They finished. Oh, they finished already. It was very emotional too. Cause I really I've watched them for so long, you know, 20 seasons. Um, and then they're gone. Wow. Um, I'm sure they're not going to be gone for too long. They'll stick around in pop culture in some way. There's Um, always something that they're getting involved in, but I just kind of would love to go and like see their closets um, and, you know, get the glam and kind of go out with them somewhere and uh, be a Kardashian for the day. So that would probably be my wish. That's awesome. And what about in one word, how would you describe make wish? I think I'd have to say impactful. I think that it kind of sums up everything that I would want to say in many words, which I am very long-winded, but I think you just feel that impact. I mean, there's no better feeling or joy than you get from seeing a kid, um, a wish kid on their wish delivery game and seeing them get their wish. So whether it's a play set, I worked on a great place, a couple of great play set wishes. You and I worked on one together too. Um, You just see the kids smile. And so it's just such a rush to see that because you know that you've had a hand in that smile. You know that it's going to make a difference. You know that this is what the child really wanted. Um, And you being a staff member, I know everything that goes on behind the scenes. So I know how hard that it is. So just knowing that all that time, it it impacts a kid. I think selfishly, it's also really impactful for, you know, whoever is working on it because you just can't help but feel that same joy and happiness. So I'd say impactful um, would be it. And for anybody that wants to feel like they're impacting their community, you know, get involved with Make-A-Wish because I can promise you, you're going to feel that in a local way the next county over, two counties over, whatever it is, you know that you're going to be impacting the lives of these kids and their families. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jillian, for joining us on the Wish House podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you on camera in interview form. So thank you for everything you do to impact local Wish kids. Um, So thanks. Thank you, Abe. 
To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.